Well, again, everybody, and welcome back to the daily edition of your Trick Podcast of Joy. How are you guys in this beautiful day? Here, my, my Goso Bell, surrounded by my Goso Mug as well, on this beautiful Thursday, trying to do these daily once again. And I actually want to talk to you today about the topic of anger. Anger and all that goes with that, all the emotions of being upset, of the the tension that I think many of us who are people of faith carry, knowing that anger is, is not of God. And also, I would say, just to, I guess, give you my thoughts on this right away, knowing that anger is also a part of God. God is an angry God. We even hear that. I mean, we the Bible says clearly that God is a jealous God, that he has a righteous anger. And, and even though, of course, we know that his anger is different than throwing something against a wall, meaning throwing, I don't know, a, a clock against the wall, we know that even Jesus himself, God incarnate, he also was upset at other people. And no matter how you paint it as godly anger, divine anger, perfect anger, anger is still anger. And we need to wrestle with those feelings because we are not God. I certainly am not. And my anger is not always righteous. I would say it is mostly unrighteous even if it feels like it's for the right reasons. And so let me also first say that I'm not an anger expert. I probably could take some anger management classes, or maybe maybe I should have in the past. But what I do have, of course, is my experience and also trying to be self-aware and trying to be less angry. But at the same time, again, knowing when to be angry, knowing when my personality and my tendency to let things be could be a detriment and that being upset sometimes is the right thing to do. And now also let me say another thing. I'm never talking about violence here. To me, anger and violence are not the same thing. Of course, one leads to the other and it can, it can easily lead to another. And I was not a kid who got into fights growing up. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying I personally was never a violent type. And and I would say, of course, that if you did get into fights, that maybe you have regrets over that. I have met people that regret that. But at the same time, I think that when you and I, if, if you are a passive type, like I tend to be, then being mad and verbally expressing that is sometimes the best thing you can do. So with all that said, let me wrestle with you. (laughs) No pun intended, I guess. Let me just uh, unpack, as people say, or just discuss here with you kind of what my thoughts, what are my thoughts on anger? First of all, let's start with the scriptures because obviously that's the best place to go and to get our bearings in terms of what this whole thing of anger and frustrations and all these things, what what is it all about? Well, in Genesis 27, there is a story of uh, Jacob 
and his 12 sons. And it says in Genesis 27, 45, this is when, let me read this here really quick. Genesis 27, 45. This is when Esau and his brother Jacob were getting back together again. And if you remember, Jacob, his name literally means the deceiver, the liar. And Esau was, I guess we could call it the more passive of the two brothers. And so Esau lied his way to the money, to the inheritance. And later in life, Jacob had left and he'd hit some problem. He'd experienced some problems and he was coming back to try to basically ask Esau for forgiveness. But of course, he was afraid that Esau would want to kill him. And so here's what happens. In verse 42, it says, But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. <laughs> now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away. Until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of you both in one day? And so you see the the problem with anger. It, it, it can destroy families. In, in this case, it nearly destroyed these two brothers. By the grace of God, Esau, who is a type in many ways of Christ, he basically forgave his brother Jacob. And so later in the story, when Jacob returns, Esau goes out to him and actually embraces him and forgives him. But I, I like that story because what Rebecca, what the mom was, was feeling was that Esau could easily kill Jacob out of anger because of what happened to him. And so you have this very, very honest story. The reason why we, I, want to, or I feel angry, is, be is because someone has hurt me, obviously, right? That, that's why we experience anger. It's because there's been a hurt, there's been a, 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 a violation of our rights, there's been something that has gone wrong. You may not want to hurt someone, but I have this one friend who she got upset at me over some things and she left. She just got mad and walked out. So I have another friend who I'm mentoring and she says that she throws things against the wall. Like she had this one boyfriend and he made her mad and I think she grabbed his phone and threw it against the wall and broke it. So I think that we can't hide that anger is real, that whether you are a mature Christian or immature or you've been around the block. Now, I think that some people know how to handle their anger better, kind of like alcohol, I guess. And of course, we know in the Bible, it says that in your anger, do not sin, right? Proverbs 15, 1, I love this proverb in this whole chapter. It says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So there are ways to, to curb anger or to turn away wrath. And I think that's what happens often is in marriages or relationships or maybe with your adult kids, is that if you 
return an eye for an eye, then you're going to escalate things and it could get violent, right? Also, it says here in Proverbs 16, 32, it talks about being slow to anger. It says, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. So the advice there is to rule yourself, meaning calm down, like relax. Stop being a, a hot-tempered person. Proverbs 15 again, verse 18 says, A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. And it says that God again, that he's slow to anger and he is and he abides in love. He's quick to love. And so it's not that we shouldn't feel angry. It's that, and it's not that we shouldn't express it either. But it's that we need to be slow to anger. That we need to find ways to curb our response. To not add fuel to the fire. To not let it rule us. In Ecclesiastes 10 it says, If the anger of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your place. For calmness will lay great offenses to rest. Now, is God angry? Well, yes. Isaiah 5, 25, it says, Therefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against his people, and he stretched out his hand against them and struck them, and the mountains quaked. For all this, his anger has not turned away, and his hand is stretched out still. So, don't tell me nor think that God is not angry or never gets angry. Of course he gets angry. And of course he even goes out and strikes, it says, his own people. He mostly, primarily, maybe even only gets angry against his own people. And, and so... We have to know that there's a place, I guess, let me put it this way, for anger. And it sounds almost out of place to say that in this society where you have Trump and all of the left and right and all of these things on CNN or whatever you watch, Fox, and how much vitriol and hate is on online. So it's not popular i guess to say that we should be angry and i'm not advocating anger i'm definitely again not advocating violence i'm just saying that for passive types or maybe for passive aggressive types we need to find a way to properly express our frustrations now let me read a few more verses here that are that are more popular i guess or more known in the new testament it says here in verse Ephesians 6, verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I mean, that's just clear. Colossians 3 says, But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. First Timothy 2, it says, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands, that sounds awesome. Here's a, here's a part. Without anger or quarreling. So right there, Paul is saying, you know, you can be religious, but you don't have to bring your anger, like leave your anger at the door. I'm in meetings in churches. Obviously, as you know, I'm a pastor. 
where anger is what rules the day. I first saw this at a church years ago, and it was a shock to me. The anger and the vitriol in public with which people treated themselves or treated each other. And guess what? That church to this day is still dying, and it'll never, it'll never succeed. A church that is angry against itself, against others, whether it's the leaders or the people, or it, it'll just fail. God cannot bless that. And then, of course, the, the, the most popular or famous, I guess, verse when, with regards to anger is Ephesians 4. It says, be angry and do not sin. Isn't it crazy? Like, literally, Paul is saying there, be angry. Like, okay, I'll give you that. And I want to come back. I want to come back to that. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And then Ephesians 4.31, last one here. Let all bitterness and wrath, I guess I already read this. Let all, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. What I learned there is that anger is never alone. It usually brings friends, violence and hate and lying and deception. So anger is not good. But let me go back to the idea of, is there a place for anger? Well, <clears throat> in, my, in my life, I grew up, I would say, in a very peaceful home. Now, I come from a country that is known for war. <laughs> I remember when I was first grade, we would draw pictures of this man throwing rocks at other people. Now, the reason why I believe there is a place for anger is because in that case of this man, he was a national hero. And he was defending his country against the enemies, whoever they were. And because he was a poor man and he didn't have guns, thank God, he picked up what, what he had around him, which were rocks, and he threw them against the enemies. I'm sure it was some imperialist <laughs> attack, right? That's usually what we, what we heard. And it was true, for the most part. And so, since early in my life, and because of the context where I grew up, in Nicaragua, as you know, I have always seen anger, or even in this case, violence, as a way to protect what you love most. Your family, your country, your yourself, your life, your beliefs, your values. Now, because of my personality, as well as I think the Christian, let me call it this way, the Christian guilt that often comes with following Jesus and, and going to church, I hid my frustrations many, many times. And I don't think that was very healthy because I took it too far. It became a, an excuse to let people walk all over me. It wasn't until my 40s, I'm 49, it wasn't until the last 10 years that I began to defend myself. That's the problem with not having a place for anger in your life. Now, there's some people that don't like the word anger, so you can just simply, you know, it triggers you, maybe. I know for my wife, that word anger really triggers her. So, 
Maybe use the word frustration or healthy conversation or whatever language you need in order to kind of understand what I'm talking about. The word anger in Greek, it means, or it's it's the Greek word thumos, which basically means indignation, an outburst, passion, rage, wrath, fears. It actually means passion. It's from the same word thuela, another Greek word, which means rage, seethe, a whirlwind. <laughs> exactly how anger feels, right? It's a whirlwind of emotions. It's a very, very uh, destructive feeling. I mean, there's no doubt. I'm sure all of us have memories, experiences of someone taking it out on us. I have done that. I remember I have made other people upset. And as I said, I could use some anger management classes. I mean, I really think so. It's, it's something that I'm learning to control still to this day through medication, through talk therapy through obviously the word of god and but i think i don't want to leave i don't want to leave this this idea of there's a place for it that's the part that i think i resent the most out of when it comes to faith and church and god is that we it's an all or nothing thing either you are you're letting things slide and you let things be or you just lose control no there, there is a place for righteous indignation let's just call it that it's a place to defend yourself and see and you might have a a good handle on this it's just there's some of us and i'm one of them that don't i didn't grow up learning two things how to manage my anger or how to defend myself like i never was in a speech class learning how to present an argument i never learned how to properly express my thoughts as in an argumentative way, obviously for the Latino culture, our way is we argue. And there are other cultures, the Greek culture, the Italian culture, you know, all of the 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 bread and the bread and wine or the frijoles uh, cultures, we love to duke it out with our words, right? We're not gonna do it through arguments or the written word or through that kind of stuff, right? That's not our culture. There was this lady that I didn't even know, but she hated my guts. I mean, that's all I can really say. Just being honest. She just, (laughs) I don't know for what reasons. Maybe I made her upset. I don't remember that. But long story short, at the end of this one farewell event that I had, maybe it was the week before, she came into my office and I thought we were going to have a nice talk about transitions and about maybe how she could help the next guy and I don't know, maybe even say thank you for our time together. We, we had done some work together. Well, <laughs> that was not the case. Not only did she say a bunch of negative things about me, like just angry words, but then here's the thing that kills me, or that killed, yeah, it kills me, eh, not anymore, but it killed me for a long time. I actually said thank you. And it was one of those experiences that I think, you know, what an idiot. Like, I should have defended myself. At least I should have not pat her on the back, and I even prayed for her at the end. And, and trust me, this wasn't some, I was so mature or so emotionally stable. No, it was, I was just an idiot. 
I let this person walk all over me and I didn't even defend myself. And so, and that's happened to me, oh, way too many times. Certainly, as I said, in my 30s, probably even into my early 40s. Finally, I think it was, I would say, maybe, yeah, like two years ago. Like I said, it's, it's, I, I just have been late to the party in this. Something happened, something similar happened, and because I felt threatened, I don't think this was some awesome technique or anything, but because of all these different factors, I defended myself. And I would say in this case, I, I would say I won the, this argument which made me feel empowered. I think that when you learn to defend yourself, when you learn to actually speak up, and again, it's not about even winning or losing, but when you do learn how to speak up, especially, I think this is an issue for all of us, Latinos, maybe Asian Americans, or I think some cultures that struggle with kind of a in-the-moment battle or the battle of words, but I think that when we learn, at least for me, when, I, when I've had the, the guts, the, the how-to, the know-how, the, the tools, whatever it is to actually defend myself with words, obviously, just through language, just through words, through arguments, through building a case for yourself or, and, to, and to tear down, let's just say, the argument of the other person, especially if it's offensive or negative or violent as as some of these experiences have been then you feel empowered and i'm convinced that that is we should all feel empowered all of us should feel empowered and and able to defend ourselves as best as we can through words through language of course only i'm not talking about any other way and so that's really my i guess my my battle that I've had is, is just not knowing how to defend myself. And yet, of course, knowing that I don't want to be angry. And I have experiences that I regret, where I remember this one time, man, it's, yeah, it's been 20 years, when I had a friend of mine who was playing bass with me, I made him so upset over things that I was criticizing him on that he literally, talk about anger issues on his end, he grabbed the base, we were on a platform maybe 10 feet high, maybe 6 feet, I don't know. And there were kids around, it was like a Halloween thing, so this was, this was not good. And he threw the amp off the stage because I made him so upset. Now, he also had, <laughs> obviously, you know, he had to deal with his own anger issues, obviously, right? And, and I can see similarities in our personalities. And I think that's what happens. Sometimes we finally get fed up. People are telling us things or doing things that make us so upset and, and we don't, we just, we just hold it in, right? We just hold it in, hold it in, hold it in. And so this, this, as I said at the beginning, I'm no expert in this area, but I think I want to give you at least a few conclusions or maybe some tips to help you that I'm trying to implement. Number one is to control your anger. 
Number two is to learn how to communicate. Number three is to realize that God is not against anger. Number four is that anger or frustrations or righteous indignation has a place in your life. And then maybe the last one is that at the end of the day, God wants us to be people of peace. And I think that's maybe the biggest lesson that I'm learning is that maybe the only positive thing about letting that woman just walk all over me is that I didn't add to her ugliness, that I didn't make it worse, even if it was out of my own panic or fear or lack of skills, at least I didn't make the thing, the situation worst. When I think of the heroes of my life, of course, I think of my grandma, my mom, my dad, of course, Jesus, but I often think in terms of peace, I think of Martin Luther King Jr., a man who was so eloquent, fought for the most righteous cause against an evil way of thinking and way of life called racism. And like Gandhi and like Nelson Mandela and like many others, of course, Jesus himself, like many other leaders, his way of fighting back was the way of peace. And that's who I want to be. That's who we all need to be. When I was at a previous church, there was a a center called the Peace Center. And in this one room, there were all of these pictures of Cesar Chavez, Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., many other men and women who are examples, modern-day examples of people of peace. And there were classes and including anger management classes that I did attend. So I did go to some classes on this as part of this curriculum on how to be young, especially it was for the young kids, how to be young people of peace. And it really helped me tremendously. And so when I think of, of peace, I often think of a protest, of a peaceful protest. I don't think of just being home hiding there are things in my life, such as immigrant rights or the church or especially those two, mental health. There are two or three things that are so dear to me that I will go and protest in a peaceful way against the violence or the hate or the racism or whatever it may be that others may have against me or, or my people. I will protest and I have done it. And I believe that that is the way of Jesus. I don't subscribe to the idea of just being passive, passive-aggressive, being home, hiding, hoping that things just go away. I do believe in civil disobedience. I do believe in, in, in peaceful protests. I've never been arrested like some of these guys do, but I have, I have gone to many marches, peaceful marches, for women's rights, immigrant rights, poverty, social justice issues. I believe that is the gospel. I don't think that to do that and be a person of God are exclusive or exclusively or they, they, they cancel each other out. I do not believe that. I grew up in a home where I would say my father was an activist and maybe the, the rest of my family was more fearful. On the other hand, I also had family members who went to war and who maybe went too far. 
and who and now to this day as now they're christians maybe they now have repented of those actions and and perhaps they should but for me now as i enter my 50s here next year i want to be a man of justice and grace but i don't want to be passive nor aggressive i don't want to just have some person come into my office rail on me and me just say oh thank you you're awesome that's just dumb I don't have a perfect answer, nor am I, as I said, the, the person to follow in terms of this. I am learning how to find that middle ground. And I think really the answer is peace. Peaceful, peacefully present. To show up in a peaceful way. Express your opinion, but be peaceful about it. Be kind about it. And if you do feel angry and you're getting ready to punch somebody, or you're ready to yell at somebody, then you need to step back. You know, just to wrap up, uh, this weekend, there was a big brawl on the N- in the NBA. Maybe you saw it. It was the Lakers versus Houston and all these guys fighting and swinging at each other. You know, it was just ugly. He is the president of the NBA Players Association and he was spit upon, maybe not. I don't really know. But if he was... Of course, he's going to defend himself, and he swung back. Would Jesus have swung back if somebody has had spit on him? No, I think we know that from his story. Chris Paul is not Jesus. But at the end, when they were asking him about the whole <clears throat> incident, he said, well, I pride myself in being a peaceful man. And you know, looking at it, I agree with him. He, he, he could have done a lot more because what was coming his way was pretty bad people i mean they were swinging at him and and hit two three times by different people blindsiding him all this stuff and he for the most part kept his cool because he's in a place of leadership and that's how i feel about my position as a pastor as a husband as a father and we all need to be this way we need to be aware of how we are coming across to other people. The example that we're setting for our kids and for our grandkids and for the youth around us, for each other as adults. I, I want to be like Martin Luther King Jr. I want to be like, quote, Chris Paul to some degree. I want to be able to say after the whole fight incident, and if someone was to stick a microphone in my face, I'd like to say, I held my cool and I would like others to say especially of me that I was cool under pressure I haven't always done it I am far from being as I said that perfect man in this but I am more than willing to be to ha- to be someone who's growing in this and who knows the extremes who is imperfect and trying to find his way but who is willing to to be a man of peace and to and to represent my values and the things that I believe in and most of all the people that I love the people that I love I hope these tips have helped you let me know email me trick at davidtrick.com what your thoughts are make sure that you share like comment uh, and you share this uh, episode with your friends thanks again and I will see you next time thank you for listening to the David Trigg Show 
Find the complete archive at davidchig.com or subscribe for free through the podcast app on iTunes or Stitcher on Android. Each week, we bring you a message of joy, success, and personal power in spite of fear, anxiety, and depression. Because as we like to say, though there's pain in the night, gozo comes in the morning. morning.